Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. For the next eight weeks, the Rewatchables will be covering eight films that are incredibly rewatchable despite having one major flaw. So far, we've covered the movie Higher Learning, and this Wednesday, Bill Simmons, Chris Ryan, and Ryan Russillo are talking about the 1985 wrestling classic, Vision Quest. So make sure and check out the flawed Rewatchables on the Rewatchables feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Culture Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And that's it for this week. That's devastatingly it. No Kaya, no Amelia, just me and you and Steve covering. Yep. We got a skeleton squad. It's a two-woman pod plus Steve. You guys, <laughs> I am excited. Kate and I have never been alone on a podcast Literally together. Never. We we have our own eight-hour podcast every day in our office. Yes. Um, that is not for anyone's ears but ours. Yes. Um, and it's horrible content. And this might be too. We'll have to just see <laughs> about we'll that. See. Okay. So this week, uh, we are taking a deep dive on the Netflix show Love is Blind. Just a terrible, terrible train wreck. Uh, We're then comparing Taylor Swift music videos. And then we're going to discuss some truly cursed relationship news. This is a funky outline, but I'm excited to dive in. Me too. Every time we hear the bell, we have to change topics. And now let's spill the tea. Okay, first category, Tea Time checks in with new Netflix show called Love is Blind. I binged it in two days. Kate, uh, you watched this, right? I did, unfortunately. I, it's the meanest thing you've ever done to me is make me watch this show. I know. I did force this upon you. I watched you. this whole show. Okay, so the format, it's hosted by Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. But, like, kind of. Hosted is, like, a really loose term. Giant air quotes. They show up about three times. Literally three times. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, and they follow these different people in these pods, kind of speed dating. You do not see each other, hence right. the name Love is Blind. Uh, people, I suppose, fall in love over the course of a couple days. And then they actually get proposed to without ever having seen the other person. Right. Like after 10 days, they like have to get engaged or be like done right. with the show. So then the second tier of the show is that they see each other for the first time and the couples that do get engaged, they go to Mexico for like another little stint of time, see if it can work in the real world. And then the third and final stage is they move in to an apartment together. And then the ending is that some of these people get married. Yes, some of them do. Some of them don't. Hard to believe that that's actually a premise of a TV show, but here we are talking about it. Um, it's quite bad. So you have a problem with reality TV because you have secondhand embarrassment. You say you can't watch any of it. How did you survive this show? Um, I smashed that 10 second skip. Um, yeah. I read a lot of recaps yeah. and I just cringed my way through it. Okay. Um, and it was horrible and I hate you. Okay, I understand that. Um, and there was also just today, we're recording this on a Thursday, the yeah. finale was released. Mm-hmm. And then it was just announced on Netflix YouTube channel, there will be a reunion episode. So you get to see, it was actually taped all the way back in 2018. Which is actually wild. Truly weird. Uh, you get to see now all this time later where everybody stands. Right. So these people that got engaged like had to keep their engagement secret for like, right. a, like two years. Right. So before we go any further, I'll say that there is Love is Blind spoilers. So if you do not <laughs> want to get anything spoiled for you, you can just skip ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do cast breakdown. Okay. All these people are extremely weird in individual ways. It's true. In their own special ways. They're Nearing psychosis. Yeah, no one here, almost no one here is normal. Who is the most normal person on the show? Hard to say, but I'm going to vote 
Elsie, the girl that almost um, went with Barnett and then got broken up with. She was the oh, third I option. I have immediately forgotten everyone that was in just the first stage. Okay, so just out of everyone who makes it, like the true yeah. eight or whatever, I'm going to say Lauren. Lauren or Kenny, I think, were the yes. two normal ones. Yes. Not that they're normal because they got engaged after 10 days, but... Right. Um, yeah, a lot of weirdos here. Lauren is the one that was really apprehensive the entire yeah. time about the whole premise. Cameron, her counterpart and her fiance, super down, basically really? from yeah. day one. Yeah. A lot of tears. So many tears. He like did a rap in front of her her parents, he her did. mom, which was super awkward. He did. I was really rooting for Lauren, actually. I liked her a lot. And they ended up, they had a happy ending. They, they, did. they were one of the one of the couples that got married. Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's do MVP. Who's your vote for this? Um, I would have said Lauren. But I'm going to go just because she was like the social media darling. You like mm-hmm. love to hate her. I'm going to say Jessica. What? She was the reason I kept watching because I had to know what insane thing she was going to do next. Do you want to talk about a couple of the red flags that Jessica portrays? On so this Jessica is a 34 year old woman. She would not let us forget that because she was paired up with a 24 year old man. Although mm-hmm. she didn't want to be because she ended up liking this other guy that she like skipped on originally. And she just like is... She, there were so many red flags. She's mm. obsessed with her dog. She like gave her dog wine. Toxic. <laughs> she FYI. was like, he loves wine. And like, it was like drinking wine from her glass. She has this baby voice that she, and this was the first thing that I saw on social media before I started watching the show when you, you made me watch this. And it, it was all these clips of her and she would like transition in the middle of a sentence where she would be like, um, like, oh, this is my dog so-and-so and he just really loves wine and he loves when I give it to him in my glass. We miss you, Amelia. I know, just FYI. I'm dead serious. This is going to be an impressions-heavy episode and it's actually devastating that Amelia isn't here and we have to try ourselves. It's a tough but, blow. Um, Jessica was just, I mean, she was horrible. She had a lot of, yeah, red flags. Uh, one, she, I believe she thinks maybe perhaps in some version of her head that there are 48 hours in a day because a quote from her is, there are 48 hours a day and I thought of you for 46 of them. Oh and I don't God. even get what math she's like, what time frame she's trying to yeah. work with. She was just really messy. She got yeah. drunk a lot. She like really strung this poor Mark guy along. She was chewing gum at the wedding. She goes all the way to the end, by the way, without with having doubt the entire time yeah and then just ditches him at the altar she does that was really tough like blow. actually like i i don't i don't regret anything like i just don't want to do this who is your least valuable player um who could he just left i actually i actually hated amber the most hmm. um she really just from the very first episode her introduction is like um uh i think people just like really underestimate me because like I ain't ugly. Yeah. And just the like, I'm discriminated against because I'm pretty thing is like one of my least favorite things on planet Earth. (laughs) And that was like her thing. Then it came out that like she had all this debt and that she like was addicted to Sephora. And she was like on the show because she didn't have a job. And like, I was like, what what are your redeeming qualities? Because I am coming up with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. My least valuable player is the Lachey's because they (laughs) contributed fucking (laughs) sub-zero. Can we we talk about how in their introduction, Vanessa Lachey is like, I'm Vanessa Lachey. And Nick Lachey goes... I'm obviously Nick Lachey. I loved that. I'm so happy you noticed like, that too. Are you? are you obviously Nick Lachey? Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Their least valuable player. I want to give a special shout out to Giannina, who we're going to say G because right. that's how she's referred to on the show by Damien, her fiance. He sucked. She had some of the most savage quotes in this entire <laughs> season. And I want to highlight one, which is she says to her fiance, Damien, you know how you tell me that this is the best sex of your life? Have you noticed that I don't return that compliment? Oh, devastating. The silence that followed 
that exchange. Absolutely savage. Um, she, she also thought she was so aware that there are cameras on her. She knew that she was going to be televised. Yeah. She was so dramatic. The theatrics in which she spoke, it was so unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. When And then you know so much crazy when they laugh a lot when you fight and you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> makes me really nervous when people yeah. do that. And then he left her at the altar and she like ran and fell in mud and then she like tore up her wedding dress and threw Correct. it in his face. So actually a really great showing from Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the finale. I wish okay. we could talk about this for so much longer. I know. But we got to keep going. Yeah. Um, the finale was quite terrible. Two people got, no, two people got married. Um, Amber and Barnett. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking Amber. And then Barnett was like, oh, it's okay that you have debt and like you don't have a job and you're addicted to Sephora and like you are discriminated against because you're pretty like, sure, I'll still marry you. Like, are you okay? I love love. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lauren and uh, and Cameron eventually got married as well. Yeah. Uh, really savage. They left, they the way that it worked was that you had to be in a wedding dress or a suit, be up on the altar, go through a, a, an exchange of vows of some yeah, sort. with your family there, with your friends there. And then you either say, I do or I don't, which is just, there could have been a better way. <laughs> you could have done this earlier. It makes me cringe. I think yeah. this ranks absolute dead last in the amount of reality romance TV I've watched in the last like couple of years. And I need a detox um, in general. Yeah, there. I don't watch very much, so you're the expert, but yeah. this was quite horrible. It made me feel bad about people. Yeah. And um, I think people might be bad and dumb and I don't ever want to date any of them. Correct. Uh, (laughs) I did a big deep dive with Juliette Lippman Mm -hmm. on Bachelor Party, more about Love is Blind. So if you want more of that great content, just check out Bachelor Party. (laughs) All right. Next category. This week in social media. Kate, you're all over this. Let's just start with you. I mean, someone has to be. Right. Um, Actually, this is one of your favorite people. Yes, Um, I know. This is about Guy Fieri. I am gunning for this man to come I, to I the office. Really intense eye contact when I said Fieri. He was at a Miami Food Festival um, this past week, and apparently, it's like where he hits. He hits it every time. He's like, the of course person he does. To see. And actually, I absolutely believe that. If I went anywhere in Miami, and you were like, "What celebrity would you be most excited to see?" Like in a club, and you were like. So and so, so and so, or Guy Fieri, I would be like Guy Fieri. I unironically like him a lot. Diners, drive-ins, and dives have saved me from tough times. <laughs> Where does Diners, drive-ins, and dives rank as compared to Love Is Blind? Oh, this top of the list, and then very bottom of the list, <laughs> Love Is Blind. Um, so yeah, Guy Fieri was just living his absolute best life. He was out here with little John. He's just like the person to see at Miami Food Festival, and I'm just really happy for him. Like right. I love that he's still relevant, and that he's like not problematic yet that I know of. And if he is, don't tell me. Yeah, fuck Bobby Flay. I want Guy Fieri <laughs> all day, all day, every day. All right, next one. Um, okay, so obviously there's a lot of like scary coronavirus coverage out there. I mean, for good reason, obviously. But one little highlight among the coronavirus coverage, um, South Korea is on this major lockdown and they brought back the BBC dad to talk about it. And um, his name is Robert Kelly. I don't know if you remember him. I'm sure you do. He was the one who was on the BBC talking about something related to South Korea a few years ago. And his kids busted in in the back and was like, we're like hanging out. His like wife came one in and like pulled. One was walking and then one was in one of those baby <laughs> machines where you can kind of wiggle side to side and it moves with you. So just like one of the best internet moments of all time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, his like wife came in and like dragged them out. Obviously, we all know. So he came back for this interview about coronavirus, but he's in the same study. And he's like, has the same like awkward washed out Skype face. And so people were like tweeting and they were like, that door is locked. Which, first of all, if you're Robert Kelly, who seems like a great guy, wouldn't you move it? Like, wouldn't you go into the office that day? Any other room in your house. And I guess this is just like his thing. Now, he doesn't seem like he's like really trying to like 
like turn it into something, which is good. He's just like living his life. But I'm like, go to a different room, Robert Kelly. It's hard to listen to the whole time I was staring at the driving. <laughs> like, when is that baby going to come um, wobbling in? Yeah, but he does seem like he's he's very positive. Um, he said that people keep asking what it's like to be in South Korea during Corona. And he goes, no, it's not World War Z. It's this. And it's a picture of him playing Connect Four with his kid. He goes, I can't go to work and my kids can't go to school. So we're playing a lot of Connect Four at home. And it's just this really cute picture of him with his kids. And I was like, that's a positive outlook. You're telling the world what it's really like. Yeah. Just like move your Skype for the BBC <laughs> somewhere else. Uh, next one. Um, this is another that, that we really need Amelia for. Um, pour one out. So this week, Donatelle Versace's ice bucket challenge started making the rounds again. Um, obviously she did it way back when, when the ice bucket challenge was happening. Then she uploaded it to TikTok when she got a TikTok. And now it's like making the rounds on Twitter again. And I absolutely cannot do it justice and I need you to look it up. Um, but she goes, I'm Donatella Versace. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> she sits down and she has these two shirtless models with chains on standing behind her. And she's like, uh, this is my ice bucket challenge for ASL. <laughs> and she literally says ASL, not ALS. And then she nominates Pharrell um, and Prince, which was the main, the main uh, where we were like, okay, this didn't happen this year because yeah. it was being circulated as something she just did. And everyone was like, okay, if she's nominating Prince. This was not done in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> um, and it mentioned they pour it on her head like before she's ready and she <laughs> lets out this like guttural scream. And it absolutely is incredible content. And I highly recommend watching it more of that impression than I thought she I, would. I honestly had to keep it because she just <laughs> has this such like guttural. It's it's you have to watch her it. voice special. is hard to emulate. It's special. Um, next one of all people of all celebrity children this week, people have decided to blow up John C. Riley's son's spot. Um, it all started with this tweet from Zeba Blay, and she's a writer at the Huffington Post, and she wrote. So the right is John C. Riley's son. And that like, that's it. That was the entire tweet. It was just a photo of John C. Riley, who I only know, I know he's a very prolific actor. Mo I've seen him the most in Chicago because I've rewatched <laughs> that movie a million times. And then his son is right next to him. And he's 22 years old. His name is Leo. And he has God's given bone structure, like oh, yeah. from the gods themselves. He, I mean, I think he is a model. He has. He has to be. He is like big following on Instagram. He apparently, he like has this TikTok. He lip syncs to rap music, blah, blah, blah on his Instagram. But I think he actually does music himself. Uh -huh. He is so attractive. It's kind of unbelievable. <laughs> I always feel so bad because the whole point of this is like, can you believe this man came from John? I know. I know. That's what all the comments are. They're like, show us the mom. Because it wasn't. She's actually lovely. You can actually kind of tell when you see her. He definitely takes after her. It just, genes are absolutely wild. I know. Science. He's, he's just absolutely a beautiful specimen. Um, so if you want just no to- shout to John C. <laughs> John C. Riley's uh, has other things man. going on. <laughs> okay, last one in social media. All right, this is actually vital content. We're on that feral hogs beat. This is a cousin of the feral hog. This week, a javelina in Tucson, Arizona went viral um, for absolutely booking it along a street. And if you've never seen a javelina, I don't know how to describe this Can video you, to I'm you. I'm sorry to ask, but what is javelina? It's, I'm telling you right now, it's a, <laughs> it's a 
cousin of a pig. Oh, it's a type of animal. It's. Did you watch the video? I did. I just did. I thought Javelina was a name for the animal. Like it is. Was it? Oh, you thought I, I named like, it Javelina? <laughs> no, it's the it's a breed of animal. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Um, if you live not that far from Arizona, okay, I feel like you should know. Anyway, this Javelina is running around. <laughs> is running down the street, and I don't know how to describe its body to you. It has the most dense round body and these little legs, but it's moving so fast, and it's got like this pointy nose. And it's just this like really fat pig, fat, hairy pig running along a road and people are putting it to music. They're like sending it to just every song that has ever had run in the title. Yeah. My sister, a horse I rode for her entire life. So my brother, my family loves doing it. The only thing I can think of when I look at this pig hybrid, whatever you want to call it, it looks like a horse. The gait in yeah. which it's going is it's so, so fast and so elegantly. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like body is so aerodynamic despite being so fat and round. Against all odds, it's little tiny legs are just compelling in this really it's, beautiful it's way. <laughs> We're, I guess with Amelia out, we'll have to craft our own tea time outline, you know, on Twitter. I know, I might so, have to do it. I think I have the login. We'll, we'll have, have to, to link rogue. it. <laughs> Okay, next category is Tea Time Rewatches, Taylor Swift music videos. So the man from the Lover album, the music video came out today. You know, we have some thoughts, but we also decided to take this time to just revisit right. old Try Taylor to keep Swift it positive. You know, yeah. we don't love some of her new stuff. So I like the song for the man, but you can't say that it's subtle. Yeah. And I would say that the music video matches that. It's written by Taylor Swift. It's directed by Taylor Swift. She has all these credits where she's like owned by Taylor Swift because, you know, like Scooter Braun, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it came out this morning and it's you knew exactly what it was going to be when she posted the teaser image, which was just a man looking out of a conference room from behind. And I was like, obviously, she's dressed up as a man and she's going to do all the yep. things that men can do. And that was true. Mm-hmm. So she has these very intense uh, prosthetics on and she just does this really over the top stereotype of like Wolf of Wall Street style. Right. He's like, man spreading on the subway. Yeah. He's yelling at people. Like he's ignoring. partying. He's on a yeah. yacht with all these models. Yeah. Really the highlight I would say of this video, which I did not like, um, are all the Easter eggs, which mm. again are like not subtle, but are at least kind of fun. Um, she has a lot of little things where it's like, you know, he's reading a magazine that says like what man won the year in celebrity dating. He's like stands up to pee on a subway wall and it has all this graffiti of her song names. And there's mm. a sign that's like no scooters, you know, like Scooter Brown. Oh, um, I didn't catch that. Yeah, there's a, a movie poster for instead of Miss Americana, it's Mr. Americana about Tyler Swift. Official selection 2019 at Man Dance. Oh, yeah, like, so not subtle. Okay, okay, not subtle. The one that I did really like that was kind of subtle. He's running through this like very scary hallway mm. and high-fiving hands and people are like obviously that's supposed to be Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's house. Oh my god. Wow. Like that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Which I did not catch at first and I was like, okay, that's a pretty that's oh, a pretty wow. good one. That one's yeah. kind of shady. Yeah. So yeah, this was not my favorite of her music videos, but mm-hmm. I did appreciate the occasional Easter egg. But it made us want to kind of look back and appreciate her videos that we do like because yes. we do like some of them. Liz Kelly, what is the all-time best Taylor Swift music video? So we agree on one of them, so I won't spoil that. You can describe that one. I think Love Story is number one because of the—it's an iconic song. It's also, like, height Taylor Swift. I love—she does it best in her music videos when she has, like, her Taylor Swift universe. Really high production value. She creates an entire world. A lot of it is just, like, fiction, and there's this whole narrative to it. I think when we talk more about, like, what— my least favorite music video was. It's the opposite when she does that. Um, I love Love Story. I think Bad Blood is 
I rewatched really it right fun. before I recorded. Yeah. It holds up. And it's also so amazing to watch now, years later. We were going to talk about cameos later, but like, it's such a rich text yeah. now of like, where we were at that specific moment in time and like who was important to us and yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. I also um, have a special place for Look What You Made Me Do. I love that she, yeah. I like when she just refers to herself and I, my favorite Taylor Swift thing ever was when she was like, she had all the old versions of herself mm. and she was kind of like tearing down all those other things. It was also not subtle, but like in a good way right. at that time. What's yours? Um, I think my favorite's Blank Space. Yeah. It just like really captures her just like slightly psychotic vibe mm -hmm. which I think she kind of like hides sometimes but like she obviously is a control freak and like just has this this kind of appeal where it's like she like might be crazy but like in a good way mm -hmm. and like we enjoy watching that and in a way that a lot of women are which is not right. legit which is not actually crazy it's just like yeah, emotional it's just in like, relationships totally yeah. and I just first of all it's just like very aesthetically pleasing and it's just really it just really suits her I think and like her specific appeal to be like oh I'm pretty but also like I'm gonna like break your car windows and like stab this yeah. cake and like <laughs> okay so maybe not all relatable. women are like that but yeah, yeah not that relatable <laughs> inside but, we are yeah um, I also yeah. just maybe do a deep dive on her old stuff teardrops yeah. on my guitar she's in a bed the like the rain you know it's like <laughs> reflected on her face she's got rhinestones on her face and the guitar is just laying she's not playing it it's just laying in the bed next to her she like slowly mouths the words to the song that's such a special era it really was and the curly hair it holds a special place in my heart fabulous all right let's do just quickly least favorite What's your least favorite Taylor Swift music video? I just really like the reputation ones. Mm. Um, I would say that Ready For It is is a new level of bad. Mm. But we um, love that song in general. It's the only thing that gets us I to work out. I actually do like Ready For It. Yeah, yeah, but that music video, she's like a cyborg and she's like shifting and it's like she's not doing anything, but it's all like effects like mm -hmm. CGI but then like it doesn't match the song and it just makes no sense whatsoever to me see I like the ones where she it, like there is some kind of story Miley's favorite was Shake It Off where all she's doing is just being with a bunch of different groups of people in different genres of dance so she's mm -hmm. with she's trying to twerk she's trying to do ballet she's trying to break dance and the whole thing in Shake It Off is just like you know F the haters whatever and so she's really owning her awkwardness but it's a really uncomfortable music video this is while she's still trying to dance a little bit mm -hmm. and I think she's She's best. She's got heavy makeup. It's this whole story. She's in a million different dresses and costume changes. And she's not trying to be Taylor Swift, the dance, like the pop star. I agree. Okay. Best music video cameos ever. I mean, the bad blood, like we said, is just an all timer, but it's yeah. also fun because some of them make no sense in retrospect. Yeah. Like you have to remember like where she was because she was on that tour. She was like bringing out random guests that were just like random fans of her. Like Mariska Hargitay is in Bad Blood. Yeah. Um, Cindy Crawford is in Bad Blood. But Lena Dunham is in Bad Blood. Don't you think we'll look back at the You Need to Calm Down music video, which was Katy Perry, Adam Lambert, Ellen, Ryan Reynolds, Billy Porter, all these different random people. Don't you think we'll look back in the same way and be like, what a, I mean, even now, I think that's a random combination of celebrities. You're right. You're right. It's like very much a reflection of like, as much as she's like, I'm past like the squad thing it yeah. is kind of a reflection of like her squad at any given time right um yeah it's it's kind of you know what it reminds me of it's like when people are like oh I don't regret my tattoos it's just like a, a it tells <laughs> yeah. me where I was at this point in my life like it's just like even if I don't love it anymore it still is like a memory like that I feel like so that's true. like where these music videos are where like even if it's bad in retrospect it's just like a little snapshot of like where she was and like right. who she what she cared about at that point in time did you catch the cameos in her the man music video um, I saw that there was a TikTok girl. A couple TikTok people. And then the voice of the man, because it's not Taylor Swift, is The Rock. 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow, new addition to the squad. Yeah, so keep an eye on him. Um, Anyway, (laughs) it's an okay music video. It's okay. How many more can we expect out of the Lover album to come out? I don't know. One more? Okay. One more feels right. I'm holding my breath. It was still fun, a big production. We've had a lot, actually. We've had what? We've been spoiled, yeah. Four. Mm -hmm. We've had four from Lover. There's got to be like a London boy situation. She's got to be on the streets with the Abbey Road. Yeah, That has to happen. All right, next category. Tea Time's biggest relationship news ever. I'm going to apologize at the top because... So like a kind of bad group of people in this category. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily that all that terrible news, but just, you know, it's kind of random this week. So Kate, start us off. It is. So I did not know that these people were dating. Obviously, I don't listen to Who Weekly, who I know are very excited about this couple. Um, Rita Ora was apparently dating Jude Law's son, Rafferty, who we did talk about briefly in the past because they're in the Oliver Twist adaptation together. The most confusing slate of people. It's going to be a really horrible movie, I have no doubt. But apparently they were together during like London Fashion Week, etc. But apparently they've broken up. Big age gap. Well, not big, but kind of big. Rita Ora's 29, Rafferty's 23. 23 just feels very young to be dating Rita Ora. You know, I feel like you just need to be like a man to like be dating Rita Ora. And I feel like Rita Ora is also not 29. That's kind of surprising. I thought she was like a 33 kind of gal, but she was older too. Maybe she's lying, you know? (laughs) That's a conspiracy theory for another day. Chase value. Yeah. Um, but just, I was honestly stunned going through these pictures how much Rafferty looks like Jude Law. Well, good for it's Rita Ora. Wild. I know. Good for her and good for Rafferty. Like, maybe you can make a career out of That's it. That's true. That's true. But yeah, sad, I guess, that they're broken up. I don't know. Yeah, poor one out. <laughs> um, next one. I was actually really excited about this one. So the Paul brothers are back on their bullshit, um, but they're being put in their place by none other than Gigi Hadid, uh, woman of the people these days. So Jake Paul tweeted earlier this week and said, almost had to clap up Zane from One Direction because he is a little guy and has an attitude and basically told me to fuck off for no reason when I was being nice to him. Zane spelled Z-A-N-E, very incorrect. Ooh. I know you're reading this. Stop being angry because you came home alone to your big ass hotel room. Ha ha ha. Just you got to know that that's a mistake when you're tweeting it. You got to know. Jake Paul. I don't know that the Paul brothers have ever realized that they're making a mistake while they're making one because I think like just their whole existence is a mistake. <laughs> but um, Gigi Hadid replied just oh, I love a, mess, this is so a messy good. queen. Just fabulous. <laughs> Gigi Hadid replied and said, LOL, because he doesn't care to hang with you and your embarrassing crew of YouTube groupies. Home alone with his best friends like a respectful king because he has me, sweetie, unbothered by your irrelevant, ugly ass. Go to bed. We have to acknowledge how rare this is from Gigi Hadid. It it is extremely rare. When she speaks out about something, she is eloquent. Three other people have looked it over. It's in an (laughs) Instagram story with like black background, white font, the typewriter font. This is so out of character for her. It actually is. It's unbelievable. You can tell it was just like off the cuff. A respectable king? A respectful king. And so actually, Logan Paul and Jake Paul went on um, a TV show. And for some reason, they thought it would be a good idea to share this video of them outside Zane's hotel room trying to like get him to hang out and apparently they were like in opposite hotel rooms like across the hall from each other in this like huge it looks like some sort of insane like Vegas hotel but I don't know but literally Jake Paul's outside the hotel room and he's like I just want to talk like I just want to talk and Zane from inside the hotel door <laughs> is yelling bruv bruv I don't know who the fuck you are bruv another iconic <laughs> everyone was like the Bradford and him just absolutely snapped and literally he's screaming behind the hotel room being like 
fuck off. I don't know who you are. Weird. And Paul's like, I just want to talk. And I'm like, <laughs> you really thought it would be a good idea to share this video? Like, you thought you came off better in this video? Well, I'm kind of surprised that Gigi Hadid and Zayn even care to con or like do anything or associate in any way. I don't think they, he did on purpose. I think literally like they were at his hotel room and were like, let us like hang out with you. And he was like, I literally don't know who the fuck you are. This is so weird. It's so funny. And now I guess, I mean, just they clearly won. Yes, um, they have. And the Paul brothers just take another huge L. <laughs> Gigi Hadid wins. Um, a lot of bad people. I'm so sorry for this next one. Uh, but it is of note. Michael Lohan, uh, Lindsay Lohan's father, has been in the news kind of off and on with Dina Lohan has been a lot of legal trouble with them. But I found out this week from page six that Kate Major, his most recent um, estranged wife, and Dina Lohan are living together in Dina's home in Louisiana. So Michael Lohan's two ex-wives are holing up together, basically shit talking all day long, probably yeah. trying to get themselves through both the fact that they knew of whatever Michael Lohan's existence. <laughs> it's such an interesting thought. Anyway, so page six goes on. Um, page six says, they've learned that both of Michael Lohan's long-suffering ex-wives are living together. So I guess they called Kate Major uh, for comment. And Dina seized the phone and said, she's being a mother and protecting Kate. She goes, I've been through it all before, apparently referring to the miscellaneous rigors of being Mrs. Michael Lohan, before somewhat confusingly telling one page six reporter, I love you. So, so I don't know what's Very happening in this home with the two of them. Huh. But yeah, ex-wives kind of banding together. I'm in for I'm always in for that, actually. I will watch that movie every time. Also, the only thing actually that would be the most helpful when going through a breakup is going through it with someone that's been through that identical breakup. You're right. You could complain about the exact same super specific shit. Yeah. Like be like, isn't that mole that he has like right here? So gross. And I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I could never stop thinking about it. Kind of a good <laughs> idea. I recommend this to women everywhere. Yeah, very therapeutic. Um, last thing in relationship news, we're ending oh. worst of all. Oh. But we have to talk about it. We do. Is Pete Davidson. Oh, I'm so tired. Um, so he has his new Netflix comedy special coming out. And so because of that, he's on a press tour. So the first thing we're going to talk about is his interview with Charlamagne the God that kind of notoriously gets a lot out of people. He asks mm -hmm. hard-hitting questions and people, I don't know because they're on the spot or what, open up. And he did. There's a lot of quotes pulled that everybody's been talking about. He went basically girl to girl to girl and said one little quote about each of his ex-girlfriends, mm -hmm. starting all the way back with Carly Aquilino, the comedian, um, which dates back to like oh, 2015. Is that the one that was on the show, like the girl talk show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, I forgot about that. <clears throat> but first he starts with his SNL stuff. He says he wants to leave eventually even though Lauren treats him really well he's like I'm painted out to be this big dumb idiot which is true he is his existence on that show is pretty much just the butt of every joke and he's this like dumb that is young true guy. but also then they're like literally he'll never get fired so he can do whatever he wants correct <laughs> Correct. So uh, notable things that he said about Ariana Grande. He said after Mac Miller died, he essentially knew that their relationship was over. Mm -hmm. uh, he has, like he just understood all the suffering that could possibly come from that. And he was just like, I knew it was a wash. He said Kate, dating Kate Beckinsale just, quote, wasn't the right time about Margaret Qualley. He said, beautiful soul, great girl. She'll win an Oscar. She's going to win an Oscar for sure. She's so talented. I mean, okay, we've obviously. been new. Kaya Gerber, he says it wasn't the right place or time uh, for this couple. He says we're dating only He's for— dated so many different women. He has. In the past year. They've only— he said, oh. We've been dating for a few months, and she's very young, and I'm fucking going through it. She should be having fun and shit, which is correct. Someone her age should not be— or It's just a, yeah. it's a big burden to date someone with— Yeah, yeah. she's 18. Yeah, and he goes all in. 
And that yeah, so don't date her, Pete Davidson. How hard is that? There's yep. a solution here. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sorry, so he loves can't. being in a relationship. We'll oh. see who's his next victim. And then the <sighs> other thing is I watched his Netflix special. You did. Um, Rob Harvilla has a great article on TheRinger.com that kind of more eloquently states how I feel. But he says it's a big yikes. Yeah, the, the headline is the big yikes energy of Pete Davidson's Netflix special. Correct. Uh, which sums it up. Yeah, Rob did a really good job um, kind of explaining how, like, he tries and you want to you want to root for him at certain times, like in the special. But then he just says something and it's just like, yikes. Correct. Um, and a lot of those yikes are related to Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of jokes about her in the special. Some of them are funny. Some of them are about how like his whole family was like, thank you. Next is a bop. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but it slaps. <laughs> I like, think his grandpa said that. Right. And, you know, some of them are, are sure. And then some of them are offensive and shitty. And the one that got me was him basically being like. I can't believe like she said these things about me and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, now people won't stop talking about it. And I'm like, she literally made you relevant yeah. and made you famous. Mm-hmm. And like the only reason we are talking about you is because of her. So like, you're welcome. Which makes sense <laughs> why his material, even though it's been. Is still about her. Right. About her. So it's like very hypocritical to me for like him to be like talking about her and talking about her, talking about her being like, oh, but like that sucked. And like, I wish she would stop talking about me. And like, I wish people would stop associating me with her. I'm like, I like, and stop talking about it. Don't make 20 different jokes about her for a half hour of your special. Like, I don't know. I just still can't with him. I agree. I can't say that we recommend watching any of these things. So just count that recap as like your Pete Davidson info. All right. Next category. (laughs) It's just getting worse. Buckle up. This is not worth the tea. Okay, okay, go ahead. We shouldn't have led with this one. This is this is like one of the ones you you built to, you know. You're right, you're right. But here we are. So Jezebel. Um, <laughs> Ashley Reese for Jezebel wrote actually a really interesting article um, about, well, it's called Inside the Extremely Vanilla World of Pete Buttigieg Fan Fiction. And I'm sorry for this, but we have to talk about it. Okay. As you know, I actually talked about recently on a podcast when I had that like tweet about Bong Joon-ho and like shipping it. I was like, all my viral tweets are fanfic related mm-hmm. just because like, I think it's just very tied to like stan culture and a lot of like the stan accounts that I follow just like have these same jokes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like aware of this. But there is a site called Archive of Our Own where people write fan fiction about people who are made up or people who are real and there is a section of Archive of Our Own where people write fan fiction about Pete and Chastin Buttigieg. A lot of it is, like they said, very vanilla. It's just like them, you know, being the first gay couple to to run for president and like kind of like the West Wing, but like kind of CWIs like in these stories. But um some of it is sexual and it's very horrifying and it's just the real person part of it that skews me out a little bit. And I know that like, you know, there's like a lot of great pieces about fan fiction and like how it helps like women, you know, have a voice, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of things have come from that, but I just don't need Pete Buttigieg fan fiction on, on our internet. So you're right. The last part of this bullet point is, and the internet was a mistake. I just don't want it in my life. Agreed. I'm comfortable moving on just Let's with, okay. Let's just move on. Um, just as puzzling, Kim Kardashian and Scott on Keeping Up with the Kardashians went to an improv class. They went to the Groundlings in Los Angeles, really famous group. Um, I guess for Scott, I kind of fell off that TV show, still love them all, but I watched a clip. They went to the Groundlings. I guess Scott, I don't know what, wanted to try improv. So Kim went with them because she's the only star, like, or the only person willing now to like film herself on the show. So she's like, I'm very shy, blah, blah, blah. 
So they get in this little circle and oh, they're I, doing the improv. Yes, they oh, participate no. with the groundlings in a exercise. Oh no! So the instructor is like, "We're just gonna go through some silly, dumb warm ups. We just, you know, make it up on the spot." Kim says, "Oh, you make it up on the spot? I didn't know that." And the instructor goes, "Are you being sarcastic?" And she was like, "No." And that, and then there's this like weird icy like chill that falls over the room. It's like. All these people are realizing Kim Kardashian doesn't know that improv, that form of comedy, is made up. Is that wild? I'm just picturing like them all having like the same epiphany at the same time being like, holy shit, she doesn't. How does she not know that? I I mean, as someone who tries to interact with improv as little as humanly possible, I kind of I can understand maybe she just like instinctively shied away from it. But since she was willing to go, obviously, that's not the case. Yeah. I think she's just a giant idiot. They go around the circle. Their exercise that she participates in is you turn to the person in a circle and you kind of make some loud sound within some motion, like blah, like with your hands. <laughs> and she and Scott kind of does it. And she's just like, uh. and then she's like, okay, that's it for me. And then sits down. Well, you know that her um, her activity of choice is the dictionary game where Kanye makes them go down the page and pick a word. Huge so, red flag. I mean, maybe improv is like a huge upgrade. As compared to that, maybe it's like her new calling. I think that would do her good. Um, Next one. I agree. Daily Mail just really crushed it with this one. Um, Nicolas Cage was spotted in New Orleans um, for Mardi Gras with a, quote, mystery woman. We love a mystery woman on the Daily Mail. Um, He brought her to see his own tomb that he bought in 2010 in a graveyard in New Orleans in the French Quarter. It's a nine-foot pyramid-shaped tomb for himself when he eventually dies. And he and the woman are in essentially matching outfits, which is, I think, an underrated part of the story. They're both wearing white T-shirts, leather jackets, leather pants in uh, New Orleans, which I'm sure is maybe not the right weather for that. Heeled boots, and then they both have Mardi Gras necklaces on with, like, a crown on them. Was it an accidental match? Can I see a photo? I, I, It can't be. Okay, that can't be. That it, was a that's purposeful. That was a uniform. Okay. <laughs> so he brought do you think he's dating this woman? I mean, who knows? He he has recently recovered from his like four day marriage. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um seems like she could be a rebound, but it seems like they have similar fashion sense. So maybe it's it's meant to be. What brings someone what brings someone to the idea that they think it's good to bring someone else that they're recently dating to their own tomb? To their own tomb in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. People are gonna see you. Obviously, you want people to see you. With this mystery woman. Weird. Visiting her own tomb. I just, like, why would you visit your own tomb? I don't know. Maybe he's going to get married again. In the, what? In the cemetery? I don't know. Spitballing. <laughs> oh I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. Who knows? I guess that's true. That kind of freaks me out. Okay, I'm moving I, on. Yeah, it should. I am really upset with Us Weekly. Are you? This is the last thing and not worth the tea. For tea time, you got to freaking scour the internet all day long trying to look at content. Sometimes it was a slow week this week, especially with Amelia out. We kind of had to put some extra weight on our You're shoulders. Right. You're right. So I was endlessly scrolling, looking for stuff to talk about. And Us Weekly has an article that says, Harry Styles breaks his silence on being robbed at knife point. And I was like, freaking yes, this is good info. This was a serious thing he hasn't talked about yet. We had no info at the time a couple weeks ago when this happened. It was like weirdly like quiet about it, actually. Right. So I was like, this is going to be juicy. I click on Us Weekly. (laughs) First sentence, Harry Styles is speaking out. I was like, freaking great. Let's see what (laughs) he is saying says, nearly two weeks after the singer was robbed at Knife Point in North London, Styles performed on the Today Show and gave an update on how he's doing today. Like, I'm sold. Can't wait to find out. Paragraph in. Let's see what's up. Hit me. I'm okay, thanks. Thank you for asking. He told co-host Carson Daly during the Wednesday, February 26th show. 
that's it. That's it. He said, I'm okay. Thanks. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I am so mad at myself that I clicked on this article and gave them that number. You, then you put it in our outlines that I would click on it. Right. <laughs> I'm so mad. This is the worst kind of clickbait. And I that is really horrible. And this you a lot. do this all the time. I do. I fall in these traps. You just, gotta learn. You just, do this every week. Just Jared makes me swipe up on every goddamn Instagram story <laughs> because there's some really catchy headline and then it's nothing. Like big yikes energy. They gotta get with like the ringer, the ringer headlines. They do. I was really upset. That do better is us extremely weekly. upsetting. <sighs> okay. Last category of this episode. I think we're doing okay, Kate. What do you say? Well, don't jinx us. We okay, still have two right. questions to go. You're right. This is Tea Time's most unanswerable question of the week. How about you start us off? You can tell this is going to be a really good category when both of our questions start with what the fuck is happening. Yep. Mine starts what the fuck is happening and Liz starts what the fuck happened. So you can <laughs> tell that we just have a lot of questions. My question, first of all, um, it was something different until this morning when I decided that I must update it. What the fuck is happening on the set of The Last Duel? (laughs) If you don't know what this movie is, congratulations, don't look it up because you will see a set of horrifying images that you will never get out of (laughs) your brain. They have to look it up because otherwise they can't understand the gravity of the situation. So The Last Duel is a movie that first was announced, um, I think last year, and it was Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, they're reuniting, they're writing the script, they're both acting in it, and it's like a medieval period drama about these two men where one of them like goes to war and the other one like sleeps with the other one's wife or like something happens. I'm don't quote me on this. It's something I didn't I try really tried to get it out of my brain. And then something happens there's a duel. So I was like, damn weird. Like, you know, there's that tweet where it's like Ben Affleck shouldn't do period pieces because his face looks like it knows what cell phones are. <laughs> and I was like, weird that Ben Affleck is doing a period piece, but like I guess I have faith. Then Jody Comer was added to it and I was like, oh. damn, like not what I want for her. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you, but like okay, like I will see this movie. So I logged on to Twitter today and just scrolling and scrolling and I come across the most horrifying set of images from the set of this movie. The wigs and the beard choices that have been made are absolutely astonishing. It in can't the worst be way. understated. The first one that I saw was Adam Driver and Adam Driver, I think, is an attractive guy. He has a presence. He's got long hair kind of on his own, really. Mm. And he's in armor in this picture and he has a long black wig, which like of all people to be in a long black wig, like doesn't look that weird. But I was like, it's not his look. And I was like, hmm, weird. I wonder if other people have seen these pictures of Adam (laughs) Driver, Internet's boyfriend. So then I looked up the last duel and I was like, (laughs) just to try to find a better picture to share with my colleagues. And I saw the image of the Wahami Forever. And that is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon also on the set of the last duel. In some of the worst hair choices I've ever, ever seen. Like, actually, I'm not exaggerating. This is some of the worst styling I've ever seen in any movie ever. Ben Affleck has kind of, a, you know, the Noah Centineo blonde beard where, like, you could tell he dyed it and it looked wrong. He has that, but just on his chin. He's just got the goatee, like the chin beard. Right. Bright blonde. And then to match that, he has a horrible blonde wig that looks like... He cut it himself with scissors and then it, I don't know what he did, something horrible to it. And it's just bleached platinum blonde. And that's what he looks like. The problem is that they're sitting so delicately on the top (laughs) of their heads. Maybe we looked at these photos before they got taped down or something. I don't know exactly what. It's horrifying. And Matt Damon, perhaps (laughs) is worse. He has a mohawk mullet. 
And then also his own bad chin beard. I don't care if this was a popular hairstyle, whatever period of time that this movie's based on. You gotta change that. Change it. The second that I see Matt Damon in this look in a movie theater, I'm out. It's like he has like a you know like the monk thing where it's like it's like a bowl cut all around and Mm. it's like coming straight down, but then it's like his is like goes into a mullet, but then he has like extensions because obviously Matt Damon doesn't have a mullet in real life, so it's like they gave him a mullet of extensions to match his shaved mohawk mullet and then also we're like but let's like throw in a chin beard also (laughs) for no reason I know I've done like five minutes on this I literally cannot explain to you how bad it is yeah and Jodie Comer has to make out with two out of three of these men if not all of them (gasps) who which ones have you ever heard a more horrifying sentence in your entire life oh my god the chin beards she has to get all up and close with those with these monstrosities on their chins that's gonna be irritating I mean absolutely like prayers up for my girl (laughs) I'm horrified. My question is, what the fuck happened to the Lizzie McGuire reboot? Where did it go? What happened? It vanished within thin air. I'm so confused. So it was announced last August that the Lizzie McGuire reboot is coming to Disney+. Plus. Talked about it on Tea Time. Literally everyone our age was so excited about it. Yeah. It was basically Lizzie McGuire in the modern day. I don't actually know if she was going to have children. I'm sure she was. She's just this modern woman now. Now we don't know. Now we don't know. And Lizzie McGuire, not Lizzie McGuire, Hillary Duff is being like a little cryptic about the she situation. Is. She's being kind of shady about it. She went to her Instagram stories recently. And I guess Love, Simon was pulled from Disney Plus as it was, quote, not family friendly. Okay. So she pulled that article, screenshotted it, and then highlighted it and says, sounds familiar, dot, 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 Ooh. as like content being pulled off of Disney Plus for not being family friendly. So I don't know if there were some like storylines in Lizzie McGuire that were probably reflecting modern day. And Disney Plus was like, we don't want that. We want it family friendly. Damn. Maybe Disney Plus is homophobic. Or. Oh, that's a hot take. Or maybe they were like the people watching the Lizzie McGuire reboot are going to be people our age. So let's make like a PG-13 rated Lizzie McGuire reboot. And then Disney Plus was like, no, we don't want this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what the hell happened. And now I think it's completely halted production. The uh, creator, Terry Minsky, is now stepping down as a showrunner because of creative differences that happened in January. Like, Damn. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We're not going to get this ever, are we? No. It feels like no. And she looked so cute yeah. in that modern day Her Lizzie little, McGuire. Like, limited to mom edition. We deserve this. Miley Cyrus is never going back to Hannah you Montana. You know what you could do? You could write some Lizzie McGuire fan fiction. Honestly, not a bad idea. I'm sure it already exists. Also, unanswerable question I'm tossing in is, speaking of fan fiction, is we really want to do some Twilight content. Oh my God, at yes. At TheRinger.com. Guys, we do listen to Liz and I talk about Twilight all the time. Well, the promise like we're a long time. asking this at the very end of the pod. I don't know who's listening, but if you are... If you want, this is a test for our parents. <laughs> oh my god, mom, mom, mom! If you want Twilight <laughs> fan fiction and content around yeah. the ringer.com, if you want a Twilight deep dive, please let us know. Yes, we're not technically allowed to do it yet, but we would like to be. <laughs> yes, just we're workshopping it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay, that was good. I, I feel, feel like that went okay. Yeah, all right. So that was an episode <laughs> of Tea Time with just me and Kate. We miss Amelia. We Enjoy do. Enjoy your blue Hawaiian drinks with umbrellas in them. Yes. Amelia's definitely not listening. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and honestly, I don't want that for her. Also, right. Kaya's in Hawaii too. Right. Uh, we're we're currently we not. Why are we still talking? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Liz Kelly. Okay, now. Uh, uh,